Thanks for tuning in to a Sunday service. This week, we'll hear a message from Pastor Greg Pettigrew. Morning. Hope you guys are doing good this morning. Uh, it's always good to gather together in God's house on Sunday morning and lift his name up, worship him. Uh, I'm so thankful for that. You know, this week... Uh, Thursday being Thanksgiving, you know, this is a time of year where everybody thinks about what we're thankful for, uh, you know, and, and I, when I was at Righteous Oaks, you know, we used to always spend that Wednesday night before the Thursday, you know, we would all gather in the church and we would take time for everybody to share what they were thankful for in their own life. And, you know, it's just a, a reminder of everything that God's done for us. But for us, <laughs> you know, for us as Christians, Thanksgiving shouldn't be one day a year. Thanksgiving should be a lifestyle. You know, this, this is what we're called to do. This is who we're called to be. You know, we're not called to live in the, the, the doom and gloom of this world. You know, we're, we're called to, to walk in His light. And when we're doing that, you know, we can constantly be reminded of everything that we've got to be thankful for. You know, I know Brother Andy has mentioned First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 a couple times in these last few weeks where it's, you know, uh, to be thankful, always, always be thankful. You know, I, I, I was just thinking about all the different verses that, uh, that tell us in different ways to, to be thankful. You know, Paul in uh, Philippians chapter 4, he says, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. That's being thankful. You know, that's, that's, that's having joy, a continual joy over this life that you've got. And then he goes on a couple of verses later to say that in everything, in everything, you know, he said, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. So even when we're going to God in our prayer and our petition and our supplications, we're supposed to do that from a place of thanksgiving. You know, I know that, that there's a, a time in life where it kind of gets tough to be thankful. You know, when we're, when we're walking through a storm, when we're in the middle of a valley, it's, it's tough. But we can be thankful. Because we have a God who's never going to leave us, who's never going to forsake us, a God who's in the valley with us, a God who is, is, is walking through that storm with us. You know, so I'm thankful that I'm never alone. I'm thankful that God is always right there with me, that God is in control of every aspect of my life. So even on the bad days, you know, there's a, a Cast and Crown song, praise you in this storm. Be thankful in the storm. I praise God in the storm because I know what God is doing in my storm. I know that in my storm, God is showing me something. In my storm, God is, is teaching me something. So I can be thankful in the middle of a storm. And so this month, we've been doing this, this series of just thankful. Because that's what we want to be, is just thankful. You know, I know there's days that we're going to be worried. There's days we're going to be anxious. There's days we're going to be fearful. But we can always be just thankful, no matter what. And so this month, we've been doing this this series out of uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. And, and I'm going to do kind of like Brother Andy did last week and, and just use this one main verse here to kind of save on a little bit of time because I'm liable to preach to 1 or 2 o'clock today. So y'all be thankful for that. Um, so Hebrews chapter 9, verse 4, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. So we started this a couple weeks ago with Brother Andy coming up and preaching about being thankful for God's provision. This, this thing that we've got here, this, uh, so to, this, this memorabilia box, so to speak, you know, that's something that, that all of us should uh, maybe incorporate in our lives is having a memorabilia box. You know, a lot of people do that. A lot of sentimental people, a lot of people who like to remember everything that's going on in their life, they keep a record of things. And so they can go back and look, you know, my record is in my heart. My record is in my mind. And I was back there during worship, just thanking God for all of these things that he's done for me, all of these things that he's brought me through. The fact that I can get on a stage knowing that I was a drug addict for 15 years, knowing that I was lost, knowing that I was living in that, that worldly lifestyle, knowing everything that I did wrong. Today, this day, I'm on a stage preaching to God's people with my wife and my eight month old child back there listening to me. Right. How, how, that's that's something to be thankful for. And I'm back there just just praising God for all of this stuff. You know, and we've all got that. We've all got memories in our lives of the where we've been and what God's brought us through and, and, and how God has delivered us in tough times and and how he's blessed us. And we can be thankful for those things. And so for the children of Israel, because that's who God is writing this to this book of Hebrews is to the 
Hebrew people. And so we're using this verse to be reminded of what God has done for them and at the same time what God has done for us. And so they've got this Ark of the Covenant, this, this special thing, this thing that is representative of God's presence, of who God is. And, and they've got inside of there something to be thankful for. They've got, it starts off talking about the, the golden pot that had manna in it. And I know Brother Andy had a good time with this. You know, talking about how this just reminded him of donuts and honey buns. And that guy loves to eat sweets. Now, I don't eat sweets, but that guy loves to eat sweets. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'll get some for Brother Ray every now and then, but they're not for me. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, 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 don't, I don't eat sweets. <laughs> but this, this golden pot that had man in it, you know, and as God was providing this for the children of Israel, 40 years in the wilderness, and God is providing them with this manna that they can eat every day. Man, how, I, you got to love to eat honey buns and donuts every day for 40 years, you know, uh, and probably not even gain an ounce of weight. You know, hey, they went through the wilderness 40 years and their clothes never wore out. I bet they didn't get fat from eating that honey bun either. But that'd be nice if that was happening for us, wouldn't it? But this provision that God's got for them, it's a provision that never fails. It's a provision that never runs out. You know, every single day they wake up and they got brand new manna out there and, and God gives them the instruction. You, you take, get manna every single day. You know, don't save it because it's going to go bad. Then for the Sabbath day, they gather enough for two days and it still doesn't go bad because that's how God does, right? And I guarantee you, however many hundreds of years later that he's talking about this, this manna in this Ark of the Covenant, I bet it's just as fresh that day as it was the day it came on the ground. Because that's the kind of God that we serve. A kind of God that makes provision for us and it's exactly what we need, exactly when we need it. And it's always fresh and good and wholesome and nourishing. And so God, we can be just thankful for the provision that God has for us. And then last week he talked about being thankful for the direction that God gives us. You know, when we don't know which way to go and we don't know what to do, all we got to do is ask God. God is going to show us the way that we should go. He's got plans for us, right? Plans to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans for a hope and a future. And so through the budding rod of Aaron, God demonstrated to his people that I have a plan. I ain't doing your plan. I ain't doing your way. I've got a plan. I'm going to give you direction. I'm going to show you how to go. And you're going to listen to me if you want to go do what's right. Because a lot of what happens is when we don't listen to God, when we think we know the best way, that's when all that murmuring comes in. You know, that's when all that, that groaning and moaning and groaning and complaining happens. You know, we start thinking, man, God, this, this, hmm, this ain't going the way that I think it needs to go. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not good with it. I'm not down with it. I, I want this to be a certain way. I've got it in my mind that this is the way that it's going to be. And God's not meeting that way. Life's not happening the way that I think it should. So I'm finna, I'm finna let somebody know about it. And how many of y'all do that on a daily basis? Yeah. And every time we do it, God's got to, he's got to give us that direction. He's got to let us know, you know, this, this, I know better than you do. He's already got the whole thing written out. You know, he had all of this in place and all of this plan before any one of us were even a, a, a thought in our parents' minds. God already had our lives planned out. And so we know that we can be thankful for God's direction. And then today, what we're going to talk about is being thankful for God's instruction. Because that's what we got with those tablets that it said that they put in there. The tablets, the Ten Commandments. We can be thankful for God's instruction. And me and Brother Andy were talking about this this week because, you know, he had direction last week. I got instruction this week and, and I'm sitting back there because this is what preachers do. You know, this is what pastors do. I'm sitting back there and while he's preaching a message, I'm thinking about next week's message and how I'm going to come off of what he's saying and, and, and then I'll come up with this really, really good point, really good thought, and then Brother Andy would preach it. So basically what I'm telling y'all is that I was back there telling Brother Andy everything to say last week. <laughs> so just so y'all know, that all came, really wasn't me, it was the Holy Spirit, but I was back there and, and we were thinking, man, because... Uh, you know, he, he talked about some things that I really wanted to talk about. You know, how we all get these, you know, toys with instructions for Christmas that we're trying to put together for our kids. Or, you know, I, I'm, I'm a person that follows the instructions. 
But, and this is where we were talking this week because a lot of people call them the directions, but they're actually the instructions. But this, this is the thing that we came up with. The directions tell you how to get somewhere. The instruction is what you learn on the way. Amen. So we all have this thing, you know, where we're, I, I'm, 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 I'm a person. I follow the directions. I follow instructions because I, I know that if I try to do something my way, I've seen my life and where my way got me. So I'm going to follow the instructions when I'm given something. That's what my family always, when they got stuff to put together, they bring it to me because I'm going to go step by step by step because I, I'm not one of the people going to look at a picture and say, I, I can come up with that because I know what is, what's going on up here. And it ain't going to come up with that. It, it may look similar with some odds and ends here and lots of pieces left over, but uh, I, I'm going to follow directions or instructions or whatever. Say what I said a while ago. Directions tell you how to get somewhere. Instruction is what you learn on the way. Okay. Just, all right. So we've got this, this memorabilia box of, of, of stuff that God has given us. And, and in it, you know, there's a, a reminder of the good things and the good times we have in life. We've talked about the provision that God makes, the direction God gives us. We're going to talk about the instructions that God gives us. So what we've got in this Ark of the Covenant, in that verse that we looked at for this instruction that God gives us is the Ten Commandments. Now, how did the Ten Commandments get in there? I want you to look at Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. And, and we're going to go through this real quick because this is not where we're going to stay. We're just going to pass through this real quick. We're just seeing how they got in there and what this is. It says, at that time, the Lord said unto me, hew thee two tablets, tables of stone like unto the first. He says like unto the first because the God had already done this one time. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But God had already done these tables one time and they didn't quite make it there. And we're going to talk about that soon. But he says, make two tables of stone like unto the first and come up unto me in the mount and make thee an ark of wood. And I will write on the tables the words that were in the first tables, which thou breakest, and thou shalt put them in the ark. And I made an ark of shittim wood and hewed two tables of stone like unto the first and went up into the mount, having the two tables in my hand. And he wrote on the tables, according to the first writing, the Ten Commandments which the Lord spake unto you in the mount of the midst, the mount out of the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly, and the Lord gave them unto me. And I turned myself and came down from the mount and put the tables in the ark which I had made, and there they be as the Lord commanded me. So Moses has got the, the tables, these two table tablets of stone that he has, on this, this point in time, he has inscribed with the same thing that God inscribed on the first tables. And God told him, you take these and you put them in the Ark of the Covenant because this is going to be a reminder. This is going to be a reminder of how you should live your life, right? This, this is what this is. And, and this is the thing. If we had this, this memorabilia box, each and every one of us that has these things in it for life that we, we can look back on and we can be thankful for. We look back, I know Brother Andy used these examples last week. If we look back and we've got Grandma's Bible in there and we've got a, a shawl that somebody needed for us at one time and we've got pictures of, of me and Granddaddy, we've got a, a news clipping of great, 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 great Uncle Ted that made the paper that time for doing something or another. You know, we've got all of these things in there and, and all of these things are thankful, th things that we can be thankful for. What if we looked in there and we found, because this is something that comes with almost everything we get. You know, every uh, electronic item you get, every, everything that you get comes with an owner's manual. What if we could look in there and find an owner's manual for life? That'd be great, wouldn't it? That'd be awesome. I, I've got an owner's manual here. This is, this is uh, the owner's manual to my wife's car. And what's awesome about an owner's manual is it, it, it shows you things. It tells you things, you know, and, and y'all all got cars, right? Y'all all got owner's manuals to your cars? Y'all yeah, read them all the time, too, don't you? you? You've never looked at it, have you? In all honesty, this is the first time I looked at this one, too. So. But this is... An, a, a great tool for us to have because this owner's manual, I was looking at it. This is the one to my wife's car because the one to my Jeep, they didn't give me one. <laughs> but 
this, this is the owner's manual to my wife's car. And it gives us the table of contents. It's, it's got a section of before driving, wind driving, interior features, maintenance and care, when trouble arose. It's got all of these things in it. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking and I'm looking and I'm like, man, this is, this is telling me, it's giving me a vision of what the car is supposed to look like in the first section and telling me what's what and, and the individual parts that make it up. And then, you know, the second section, when driving, it's teaching me how to handle this particular car. And then in the third, you know, the next section, there's a troubleshooting section for, for the correction. When something happens, when something goes wrong with my car, all I got to do is look in here and it's going to tell me what's wrong and how to fix it, how to figure it out. This thing has got some good stuff in it. And then it's got specifications for how to rightly own and handle and drive it, 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 this vehicle. Man, all this stuff is in this owner's manual. And I've never even looked at it. Everything I need to know about her car is in this owner's manual. And so God has put an owner's manual in this box for his people, for his children, for the children of Israel, for you, for me, there's something in there that is life's owner's manual. You know, it's just like this. God's word does the same thing for us that this owner's manual does for my wife's car. You know, it's, it's, it's why our Bibles are so important because that's the table of contents. That's, that's the law. That's God. I mean, the table of contents, the, the, the commandments that God has put in this Ark of the Covenant is his law. It's his written word. You know, and, and all of this stuff is in there for us to learn, for us to know how to live our lives. Just like this owner's manual for her car teaches me about that car and how that car should run and how that car should be. God has given me something to teach me how my life should look and how my life should be, how I should live it. This is life's owner's manual right here. Everything that I said about that car, go ahead and put up 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. This is where we're going to park today. We're going to read this because it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. And we need all of that to get to the next verse. That the man of God or woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all thy good works. So everything I said about this owner's manual, this owner's manual for my wife's car, everything about it, I can find right here. That verse just told me that, that God's word is that all scripture is written inspiration of God. It's good for teaching. It's good for correction. It'll teach you how to live your life right. Everything that this book teaches me, this book teaches me in a greater sense, in a greater detail of a, of a more important thing. My car, my wife's car, it's important to get her to and from work. But it ain't going to last her for eternity. That word, that, this, written word of God, this is the most important thing. This is the most important book you will ever own. But you know, the thing about it is, it's only as important to you as you allow it to be. We got so many people. I don't know. I would hate to guess how many of us picked our Bible up this morning from the same place we put it last Sunday when we got home. How many of us think that just because we own a Bible, it's good? You open it and the pages are still stuck together because you ain't never read it. God did not give you this as a, 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 a paperweight, you know? This ain't something for you to, a decoration in your house. For you to put up on a shelf so that when people walk in, they say, oh, they own a Bible. They must be good. That's not what this is for. This is life's owner's manual. This is to teach you how to live your life, how to go about daily life. Everything that you want to know, every problem you've ever had, every incident that's ever gone in your life, the answers to it, the, the way you go about it, it's all right here. It may not be exactly word for word, but I guarantee you can find something in there that relates to what you're going through right now. But so many of us aren't ever opening the pages of it up. We towed it to church with us. And because Brother Andy is so good to us that he has the words up on the screen, a lot of y'all don't even bring your Bibles to church anymore. Uh, and, and I'm not saying, hey, we're getting the word up here 
That's okay. But if you are relying on this word to get you through life, the word that's on the screen, you ain't going to make it. If your Bible is at home and it's never being cracked, your life has got cracks all in it. I heard a preacher one time say, show me somebody whose Bible is falling apart and I'll show you somebody whose life isn't. God gives us this for a reason. He used so many different people over so many different years to write this word, written form for you and for me so that we can know how to live life the way that we're supposed to live life. You know, and it's a good thing to look in a, a memorabilia box and, and find a grandma's old Bible in there or somebody's Bible in there. But man, if you ain't got your own Bible, if you, what's, what's the point in having it in a memory box if you ain't got it written on the tablet of your heart? That's why the, the word tells, God tells us all through there, the, the inspiration of the, through the Holy Spirit tells us so many times, write that word on the tablet of your heart. Huh? Wear it, wear it. Put it on the door, front, door frames of your house. This is something that is so important to you, you have to know it. You can't stand on the promises of God if you ain't never read the promises of God. You can't live out what God is telling you to live out if you don't even know what he says in his word. You're just guessing. God's word, it's our owner's manual for life. All we got to do is open it up and read it and we learn how to live life. We don't learn just how to walk around on this earth. We learn how to live life. This is the most important book that you will ever own. But for some of you, it's just sitting on a shelf and that shows the importance it is to you. It's only important if you allow it to be important. The importance of it is... It, the actual importance of it is never going to change. It's never going to fade away. It's never going to be any less but the importance to you in particular, it's how important to you as you let it be. And, I, and if I know that everything I need to know about life is written down for me, I'm one of them people, I want some directions, man. I want some instruction. I want you to tell me how to do things. Because I've seen my way. I know what that'll get me. So God's word, he gives us, this. I'm so thankful, I'm just thankful that God has given me life's owner's manual and that life's owner's manual provides me with certain things. Just like this car's owner's manual provides me, I, I told y'all the, the, the different things that I find in the table of contents, that it gives me a vision of how the car is supposed to look. It teaches me how to handle the car. It shows me how to, you know, when the car messes up, there's correction in there, there's troubleshooting in there. It tells me how to be the, the right kind of owner of this car. Everything that we need to know about our lives is in here. The same thing. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful first that, that God's, that Life's Owner's Manual, it provides me with a vision. It's instruction that gives vision. I told y'all this, this is the verse that we're going to kind of camp out in and it's, it's got highlighted right there what, what, what the vision part of this, this verse is. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, when I say I'm thankful that, that God gives me vision, you know, I need vision for life. And, and, you know, before God gave me vision of how to live life, I was just guessing at how life should be and what was what in life. You know, I've got an eight-month-old baby girl. And, man, I know some of you guys that, that have kids and y'all been through this and, and some of you folks, I know we got a lot of babies at Embrace right now. Y'all are going through the same thing I am. My baby don't know nothing. <laughs> I'm not saying she ain't smart because she's eight months old, but she don't know what's what. You know, she don't know what she can touch and what she can't touch. She's in that walker now, man. And at, last night, Jamie had to go to the restroom and I'm over here Read, you know, studying this message at the table, not 10 feet. She's for me to Angie away from me, 10 feet away from me. And I hear something crash, you know, and I look up and she took a cord of something that was hanging off the counter and yanked it off. And this thing fell, barely missed her and hit the ground. And so I had to know, no, 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 we don't do that. Of course, she's eight months old. She don't know that. Right. The other day she's reaching out, trying to get a hold of a, a wall socket. You know, she don't know that that's going to shock her if she gets it. 
You know, she likes to take that walker and ram the bottom of the garbage can because it flips the garbage can up and she can dig through the garbage. <laughs> right? Because we all love to dig through garbage, right? She doesn't know that that's nasty garbage. She doesn't understand that yet. She doesn't have a vision of what's what in life. And you know, when, when we read, look, look, put up that, that Proverbs 29:18. Look at this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Now that's not saying if you can't see, you're going to die. Right? I, I, when I read this, I, you know, I like to study the, the root word and everything. The word vision is the Hebrew word kazon, and it signifies divine revelation. So it's not just saying see with your eyes. It's saying get divine revelation from God. If we have no divine revelation from God, we perish. And the word perish is actually the word pora, which means to loosen. So in a couple of other versions of the Bible, it says where people have no revelation, they cast off restraint. So what this verse is really saying is where God does not give you a divine revelation, you live how you want to live. You do what you want to do. You, you're loose, loose with life, loose with the way that you live life. You, you, you go about doing whatever you want to do, how you want to do it. And so God gives us a divine revelation you know, so that we don't live like that. He gives us his word so that we don't live like that. You know, the, the, in Exodus chapter 32, the children of Israel. Now, God has already at this point through Moses spoken law to them, right? He's spoken it to them. They've heard it with their ears, but they don't have it yet written on the tables of their heart, the tablets of their heart. They don't have it actually written on the, the, the stone commandments. Moses is up on the mountaintop having God, the finger of God, write out the Ten Commandments on these tables of stone. And while they're up, while Moses is up there getting that for them, they're down here. And because he just spoke it to them, because a lot of times when we come to church and we just hear the word spoken to us and we never read the word and study the word and write the word on the tables of our heart, we forget it really, really quickly. You know, we go into the week and stuff starts happening and Brother Andy has just preached on this the Sunday before. We don't even remember what he said because we were in here scrolling Facebook or we were in here looking up the score of the game or we were in here doing whatever else except for listening to the word, having God write it on the tablet of our heart. And so when life happens, we don't have it there and we end up living life loosely because we've lost that vision that God gave us. So for the children of Israel, they're down there and they're like, man, where's this dude Moses at? He's gone. They, they get tired of waiting on him. And they tell Aaron, look, we, we need a God, man. And Aaron's like, well, give me all your gold. And they give Aaron all the gold. Aaron throws it in the fire. And what he did later on tells Moses, you know, is that out pops a calf. He formed a calf and a golden calf. They began to worship. They began to say, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt because they lost their vision. They had no vision in that moment. They did not have God's word written on the tablet of their heart. He's up there writing it on a table of stone so that they can have it in their face looking at it. So they don't have vision. And because they don't have vision, they cast off restraint. They begin to live loosely. And as Moses is coming down the mountain, Joshua's waiting on him and they get close and Joshua says, I hear the sound of war. And Moses said, that ain't the sound of war. That's the sound of partying. That's the sound of dancing. That's the sound of, uh, they're out there doing their own thing. They're living loosely. He gets down there and the children of Israel have formed this golden calf and they're worshiping and they're, they're dancing around and they're singing and they're praising that calf. That ain't done nothing for them. And so that's what happens for us when there is no vision, when we're not having the, the word of God, the instruction that gives vision written on the tablet of our heart as the most important thing in our lives, living by what God is telling us, we live loosely. We cast off restraint. We do things the way that we want to do them. We think what we're doing is right. It ain't even close to right. And it says in the people, when, when you live like that, you perish. You live loosely. I'm going to tell you, they're, 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 I told y'all that word perish right there, it doesn't mean die. But the Bible tells us in, in Romans 3.23 that the wages of sin are death. So when we cast off restraint, when we live loosely, when we sin just for the sake of sinning because we don't know that we're doing wrong, we don't know how we're living, you know, uh, we, we, we're going to die. We're going to go to hell because... We're casting off restraint. We're not listening to the prophetic vision that God's given us. We don't see how we're supposed to live our lives. You know, Jamie's car 
owner's manual here, it gives me a vision of what my car is supposed to look like. God's word gives me a vision of what my life is supposed to look like. This is the vision that God has given us today. This is the divine revelation, the inspired, inerrant, uh, infallible word of God that he has given us. There's no error in it. There's, it will never change. It's always the same. This word right here that God has provided us with is our inspiration, our revelation from God of how we should live life. Not that we should live life loosely, not that we should cast off restraint, not that we should do how we want to do and live how we want to live and think that what I'm doing is right. Before I met Jesus, man, I lived a long time thinking that everything I did was okay because everybody else was doing it too. Before I had vision, I did not know how to live my life. And then God gives me this vision that provides then its instruction that teaches. That's the second thing, instruction that teaches. That's what we're given here. It says that all scripture is given by God. It is profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for doctrine. Do you know how long that I thought that my way of living was the right way of living? You know, I, I walked an aisle when I was eight years old. I went to church for most of my life. So when I'm out there and I'm cussing up a storm and I'm drinking and I'm, and I'm, I'm robbing people and I'm doing drugs and I'm doing all that stuff, I'm, I'm okay, right? Like I said, everybody else is doing it. Everybody that I was hanging out with was doing it. You know, so the, the problem with that is, is that we begin to play a comparison game and we compare our lives to everybody else. You know, and, and Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians not to do that. You know, he says, when you compare yourself, we, we dare not compare or classify ourselves with some who commend themselves or measure themselves by themselves because when they do that, they ain't wise. You know, when I'm looking at everybody else, I look pretty good even in my mess. God says, your mess, your way is wrong. Let me teach you a new way. Let me show you a new way. He gave me a vision to, to recognize that my life, living loosely in my life, was completely wrong. Y'all got spiders up in here, bro. So, make me lose my place. So, I, I thought that I was driving the vehicle of life exactly how it should be driven. You know, I thought I was driving the vehicle that was my life exactly how it should be driven. But I was never getting the best performance out of it because I'd never learned how to live life rightly. That's how you get the best performance out of, you know, I'm, I'm talking about a car a lot because I've got this owner's manual up here. The way that you get the best performance out of your car is you learn to drive it correctly. You get taught how to drive it correctly. You get the best performance out of it. No, I'd never had that. Even though I'd been in church, even though I'd gone to Sunday school for years and years, even though I owned the Bible, it was not important to me. And so I never learned anything from it. In my BC days, my before Christ days, it was just a book. And then Jesus saved me, gave me a vision of what life should look like, and then he said, I'm going to show you something. Psalm 32, 8. You know, the first seven verses of this psalm, David is talking to God. And then verse 8, God speaks back. And he says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way in which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eyes. God is telling David, telling you, telling me, I will instruct you. I will teach you the way that you should go. Because you don't know. You know, I always think about uh, when, when I think about my life and, and new Christians, I think about that Joshua chapter three where they're about to cross the, the Jordan River and go into the promised land. And, and God tells them, follow. When the Ark of the Covenant comes through, which represented his presence, when the Ark comes through the water, you follow it because you don't know the way. You don't know how to go. That's why God said, Jesus says, follow me. Follow me because your way ain't cutting it. Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me, and I'll show you how to go. I'll show you how to live your life. I'll show you that everything that you thought was right is wrong. And I'm going to teach you a new way. I'm going to teach you the way that you should go. I'll have my eye on you. Not only will I have my eye on you, I'm going to walk in front of you. I'm going to walk beside you. I'm going to follow you behind you. I'm going to be there with you. 
God says, I'm going to teach you. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to show you how to live this life. God teaches us. God's word teaches us what's right and what's wrong. Because this world, if you're relying on the world to teach you what's right and what's wrong, you ain't never going to learn what's right. All you're going to learn is what's wrong. Because this world is constantly changing. God's word never changes. I mean, things that are acceptable today, that are right today in society, in this world, I, I'm 45 years old, and I, I, so I'm not, you know, super duper old, but I'm kind of old. But I can remember, even when I was a kid, sorry about that, I see y'all laughing. Sorry. Um, I mean, I'm young. Just all ages are young. Um, but no, seriously, when I was a kid, things that were wrong then now are accepted. They're right because society is constantly changing. I read a book. Uh, I can't remember what book it was, but it was talking about this same thing. And it was saying how back in the 19, like maybe 20s or 30s, a woman wearing a two-piece bathing, two bathing suit was thought, to be really, really bad. I mean, it was like something in some states she could be put in jail for that. You know, and now we've got girls that go out in public in less than a two-piece bathing suit. You know, uh, we got guys that are wearing stuff that... <sighs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And, and back when... In years past, these things were absolutely never accepted by society. They were looked at as wrong. And then as society changes, what's right and what's wrong changes. God's word, what's right, what's wrong, never changes. What, what was right thousands of years ago when this was written is just as right today as it was then. What was wrong then is still wrong now. You don't know right and wrong until God teaches you right and wrong through His Word. And you ain't gonna learn what's right and wrong if you ain't never opening your Bible up. You ain't gonna learn how to live your life if you never read the pages that God has written, the words that God has written directly to you and directly to me on how life should be and what life should look like. He's given us this tool. He's given us this guide. He's given us this owner's manual to live life and half of us don't know what it says so we're just living how we want to live. And because we go to church on Sunday, because we go to church on Wednesday, because we repeated a prayer one time, we think it's fine. There's going to be a day you're going to come before the Lord and you're going to say, Lord, Lord, did I not go to church every Sunday? Did I not walk that aisle one time? Did I not get baptized in front of everybody? Did I not go on a mission trip here and there? And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Because there was never a heart change. There was never a time where you accepted that my way is not the right way. You thought it. You thought it, man, there's something got to be different. Something's got to be better. What's going on with all these people at church? And so you came to church and you sat through church and, and you said, well, they're all walking out. I'll all walk an aisle. They're all getting baptized. Let me get baptized. But your heart is still just as stony as it was the first day that you realized you were out there living in, in lostness. True change, real change happens when Jesus takes that heart of stone out of your chest and he puts a heart of flesh in there. And the heart of flesh says, I want to be different. I want to live my life for you. Teach me how to live my life for you. Show me the way to go because I don't know it. And then you surrender every aspect of yourself. And you recognize how important living for the Lord is. Not how important going to church is. Not how important uh, claiming Christ, being a, a nominal Christian is. Not how important it is to, to, to say the right thing around the right people. But how important it is to follow Jesus every step of the day, every way he takes you. Letting him teach you a new way, a better way, the only way that you'll ever hear. Well done, my good and faithful servant.
So I'm thankful that God's Word teaches me, that He gives me the instruction that teaches how to live. And I'm going to tell you this, that just because God has instructed me on a better way don't mean I ain't going to mess up. There's going to be times... Hey, just like a car, I don't care how, how, how good you, you look after it, how, how much you change the oil in it, how many times you, 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 you put air in the tires, whatever, you know, whatever you're doing. <clears throat> it's going to need some tweaking sometimes. There's going to be some times where you're going to get in and it just ain't going to run right. It just ain't going to crank. And it's the same with life. You know, we're going to make mistakes. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. We're all, we're all going to mess up from time to time. And so I'm thankful that God's Word gives instruction that brings correction. It gives instruction that brings correction. It says all Scripture is good for reproof and for correction. It'll call you out, man. I'm thankful that the Word of God calls me out. I'm thankful that sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm doing something and and I'm feeling like, man, this is the right thing to do. And, and I open my word and I start reading and God shows me really quickly, bro, you has got it all jacked up. You ain't doing nothing right right now except that you open your word and look to me for advice. You know, so I'm thankful that God's word gives me correction. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 and 6. It says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children, my son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and he scourges every son whom he receiveth. That's telling me right there that you're going to mess up. And God knows you're going to mess up, but he loves you enough to call you out when you mess up. Right? He loves you enough to let you know that something ain't right in your life. You know, God is going to correct us because he loves us. You know, and, and we have right here, you know, I told you there's a section in this, this owner's manual for Jamie's car called troubleshooting. We have everything we need to troubleshoot life right here. This, this book right here is everything we need to troubleshoot life, to find out what's wrong. You know, but the problem is for many of us, we rely on somebody else to tell us when something ain't right with life. We rely on somebody else to fix what's wrong with our life. You know, when my car ain't doing right, when Jamie's car ain't doing right, it's really easy for me to pick up the call, phone and call Brian Boykin and say, hey, bro, my car ain't good. What's up? And Brian is really good about coming over there. And that joker can fix stuff, man. I ain't found nothing yet that he can't fix. Right? Except my life. Brian can fix my car, but Brian can't fix my life. Brother Andy can't fix your life. I can't fix your life. Billy Graham couldn't fix your life. None of these TV evangelists, nobody that you're listening to can fix your life for you. You know, the thing about it is, a lot of us, we've got this owner's manual in the glove box of our car and we never take it out. We never open it when something's going wrong with our car. We never look at it. We just take it to the mechanic and say, fix it. Same thing with life. Our life is all jacked up. We got stuff going on in it that ain't right. We know something's wrong and we rely on a preacher. We rely on a, uh, somebody else in the church, an elder, somebody in our life to fix my life for me. God is the only one that can fix your life for you. Too many of us are sitting back letting somebody else try to fix life for me and life ain't never going to be fixed until you give it to the one who can fix it. So you get out of the way, open up the word of God, troubleshoot your life. And when you figure out, hey, this right here, I'm messing up right here. You get on your knees and you say, God, I'm messing up. I recognize I'm messing up right here. Fix me, help me, show me, teach me. Deliver me from myself. There ain't no mechanic that's going to fix your life. Jesus Christ is the only one that can fix what's wrong with you. Stop relying on somebody, some man, some person to fix what's wrong with you. First time you recognize something, that's, you know, this Americanized Christianity that we've got, this thing where, where people think, you know, that, that just because I've been to church once in my life, just because my, I own a Bible, just because I said a prayer when I was six years old, you know, and didn't even know what prayer meant, just because of that, I'm good. You know, I'll just go to church when life ain't happening right. I'll go on Easter. I'll go on Christmas. I'll go when, 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 when I ain't got enough money, you know, to pay all the bills. I'll go when, when me and my wife are having problems. 
I, you know, I, I'll go when, when I feel like I'm going to maybe lose my job. I, I, I'll go when stuff is going wrong. That's when I'll go to church. You're relying on church to fix you. Church ain't going to fix you. The Holy Spirit that's moving at church will fix you if you are open to receive what he's doing. So many of us are letting somebody else troubleshoot our lives when God's given us everything we need right there. His word. This is how I troubleshoot my life. You know, before, man, I had all kind of things that I ran to. You know, when I was out there living in, in, in my addiction, living in my lostness, man, there's so many things in this world that can temporarily fix you. You know, drugs were an easy fix. Your drinking's an easy fix. Women were an easy fix. You know, money was an easy fix. Fun, entertainment is an easy fix. But every one of them is a temporary fix. You know, the, the more drugs you do, the more drugs you need, the more often you need them. Jesus is an eternal fix. He'll fix what's wrong with you today. He'll fix what's wrong with you tomorrow. He'll fix what's wrong with you because he knows there's going to be stuff wrong with you. That's why it says that he will correct you. He'll chasten you. He'll scourge you. He'll jump up all upside your head. Huh? That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is there for conviction and correction. and I need that. I need somebody and, and something that can tell me exactly what is wrong with my life. And I praise God that He has given me that in His written Word. Instruction that provides correction. And then it's instruction. The last thing is that He gives us instruction on right living. This last part of it. All Scripture is given for instruction in righteousness. Instruction in, in right living. Instruction in how we can be right with God. You know, I have everything that I need to keep my car in, in tip-top shape through this owner's manual. I have everything that I need right here written down to tell me how to, it gives me a vision on what my car looks like. It teaches me on how to drive my car the best. It's got a section on troubleshooting. All of those things combined to help me to keep my car in tip-top shape. In the case of my righteousness, this, this word, Jesus Christ, is what keeps me in tip-top shape. You know, it's what corrects me. It's what gives me vision. It's what teaches me how to live. Philippians 3, 9. This verse says, And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith, through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. This is the only way that we have right standing with God, through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's it. You want to live right? Let Jesus not just be your Savior. Let Him be the Lord of your life. He's got to be the Lord of your life, the King of your heart, the one who tells you where to go, tells you what to do, tells you how to live, shows you what's best for you. Jesus Christ, that's the only way. It says it's not a righteousness which is of the law. It's not a righteousness you can earn. It's not a righteousness that you have to, to, to do this and that and that other to, to, to get. It's a righteousness you get when you say, Lord, I'm tired of living life my way, doing things the way that I thought I should do them. I'm done with it. God, I give you my life. Come into my heart. This is yours. I surrender to you. Take it over. Do what you want with it. And when Jesus Christ moves into your heart, moves into your life, you are in right standing with God. Because God looks at you and He no longer sees the wrong that you've done. He looks at you through the lens of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what He sees. The, per the, the perfect Son, Jesus Christ. He looks at you. The Bible tells us in Peter, be ye holy as I'm holy. Man, I, I read that verse and I said, ain't no way. Ain't no way I'll ever get to that. And God said, you're already there. Because my Son, died for your sin and you have accepted him as Lord and Savior. I don't see what you did wrong. I don't see all the mistakes that you've made. I see the perfect, spotless blood of the Lamb covering you. That's how I have righteousness. That's how I learn to live right. It's accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. It's by only my faith. The Word tells me right there, it's only by my faith in Christ that I can ever experience 
right living. But once I have faith in Jesus Christ, I can experience right living every single day. God guarantees me that. He gives me that. You know, and the thing about it is, without Jesus, life is never going to run smoothly. Without Jesus, you're never going to get this thing together. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? By the Word of God. You have to understand the importance of the Word of God. It's not just a book for you to put on the shelf at home. Please, like I said a while ago, there's a lot of people who picked up their Bible this morning from the same place they put their Bible last Sunday when they got home. Don't let that be you. God did not give you this just to weigh you down as you walk in the building on Sunday morning. God did not give you this just for it to sit on a, on a, a bookshelf at home. He didn't give you this just so it sits on the coffee table, you know, just so it's there, that brief moment that you may think about it during the week. This is supposed to be used by you every single day. That's what's going to get you through life. You want your life to run more smoothly? You want to get the best performance out of your life? Let God give you a vision and teach you and correct you and show you how to live rightly through His Word. He has given us the instructions for life right here. It's up to you to live it. It's up to you to receive it. It's up to you to write it on the tablet of your heart and to live it out every single day. It's up to you. You've got everything that you need right at the tip of your fingers. If you ain't got one, get with us. We'll get you one. But without Jesus, it's never going to matter anyway. You've got to have Jesus. If you're here this morning and you've never uh, accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't understand what I'm talking about, hey, we're going to give you an opportunity in just a minute to do that very thing. We're going to have a response time. You know, if you're here this morning and you just feel like you've fallen short, like, you know, this, the Lord has spoken to you through this message, like, you know, man, the Bible just hadn't been as important to me as it's supposed to be. You know, and you need to talk to him about it. Man, this altar is always open. There's going to be counselors in the back who would love to talk with you, work, work through that with you. You know, if you need a Bible, get with one of them. They'll get with one of us. We'll get you a Bible. But don't leave here without a copy of this in your life so that you can then write it on the tablet of your heart. Make it the most important book that you've ever owned and let the words become life to you. Amen.